This is what happens when you touch the Holy Spirit and He touches you. There's a power. There's an anointing that comes. That that's what people are attracted to. That's why the world is so eager for Avengers 2 to come out. See? <laughs> They're excited about it. You know why? Because when you go, you're going to see supernatural stuff. You're going to see stuff that don't happen at school. Amen? Yeah, amen. You're going to see some stuff. But how many of you know that if we carry the power of God, the world can see something that they don't see every day? How many of you know that you can be walking in Walmart and the power of God see, be so strong on you that you walk by a wheelchair and they get up and walk with you? How many of y'all know that can happen? It happened in the book of Acts with Peter. His shadow fell on people as he walked by and he healed them. His shadow, my friend. Does that happen just by showing up at church every now and then and you know maybe reading two or three scriptures? No. It takes you being sold out to God and you don't care what anybody else does. You're going after Jesus with everything you have. And that's what I want to see this church be. How about y'all? Are y'all into that? Amen? How about if we let the power of God build the church? You know, we've got, we've got Facebook ads. We've got structure. We've got all this stuff. And I'm not against any of it. But I believe the power of God can build. And I believe there's a community out there that's ready to see a move of God like they've never seen before. The one they read about. There's people that don't even want to go to church now because they ain't seeing what they're reading about in the book of Acts. You think about this right now. And I, I'm going to get to my message. Just hang on, okay? I'm just fired up because I know we're living in the last days. And God has called us to be that last day church. He's called us to be the hands and feet to see Him move. The Bible says that the latter house will be greater than the former house. We're going to see moves that they dream about. And heaven is waiting, is pulling for us and ready to open up and pour His Spirit out on all flesh. I'm telling you guys, it's so true. But you, you think about it. I'm getting ready to get him a message, but you think about it. Can you name a church within a 20-mile radius? Now think about it. Don't, don't blunt nothing out, okay? Please don't, all right? Because we ain't there yet, okay? But we're going to get there, amen? My point is, is just think about it. Can you think of a church in a 20-mile radius that you could grab somebody that's sick and they could walk in that church and they would be completely miraculously healed just like that? Just think for a minute. And I'm telling you, I'm not saying they're not there. I'm not saying that. I'm saying for you to think. Every service, the power of God is so strong. Every Did Jesus ever lack power? Did Jesus ever go to a place and go, oops, wow, wish I could have helped them? No. All that came to Jesus, what? Got what they came for. Is that going on in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today? No. It's not going on here. I'm talking to us. It ain't going on here. But that's got to change, brothers and sisters. And that changes when we change. How bad do we want God? How bad do we want His presence? How bad do you want your school saved? How bad do you want to see your friends and family serving Jesus? Friends, you ain't got to say a whole lot if you carry Him with you. I'm telling you, have you ever been around a man or woman of God that when they walked into the building, you felt different? It was like, whoa, this is the power of God. I have been there. Kenneth E. Hagin was one of those that I was a part of his meetings. And I'm not glorifying a man at all, but I'm going to tell you something. When the stage was lifted and he walked out on the stage, I felt like Jesus just walked on out there. 
And you've seen wheelchairs emptied, eyes open. You've seen people get filled with the Holy Ghost. You've seen things happen. I contend that's what God wants today. That's what Jesus left this earth to see spread across the land. That was the power and move of God. So don't have anybody in the house that's ready to see that. Amen? Let's do it. I mean, let's let 2019 be a year that we're not ashamed to bring, bring people to church. We want to bring the sick to church. Hey, man, you feeling bad? Hey, brother, come on. Sister, come on, man. Just get in the car with me. Let's go to church. I'm telling you, you will be healed. That's what, we're, hey, we're the body of Christ. He's the head. Everybody that come to Jesus, they got what they expected. Should be the same here. Amen? And it's going to be the same here because I'm looking at some people that are hungry for a move of God. We're looking at the people that, that want to see the power of God. I mean, how many of y'all want to see a wheelchair emptied? How many of y'all want to see somebody come in and supernaturally have a surgery right here? Amen? How many? We want to see that. Amen? That's why we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, His gifts, His, His everything, His fruit. We're going to talk about Him because guess what? We want Him here. Amen? So I just want to give you a little preview. Hallelujah. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, girl. I appreciate that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, today we're going to talk about living a blessed life because I really believe that this right here is what's going to help us move into the move of the Holy Spirit. As we've got to understand who owns this place. If we can find out and understand the owner of everything on this planet, it's going to help us work with Him. And it's going to help you be free of a lot of stuff. Because I can go ahead and say it, many of you guys in this room, and me included, I thought I owned some stuff. Until you start reading the Bible. <laughs> and you realize... Lord Jesus. But when I say living a blessed life, I'm talking about living a life that blesses, guys. Amen? We unfortunately live in a culture that lives opposite of this. We live in a self-centered, take care of me first, get mine while I can, look after me culture. We live in a society that puts way too much emphasis on our possessions. Way too much emphasis on our possessions. We work so hard. And I want y'all to get this right here. This was something I felt like the Lord really gave me. But I want y'all to let this sink in what I'm about to say. We work so hard to obtain things that are not good enough to take with us when we depart from earth. We work so hard. We stay up late. We get another job. We strive for more education because we want to get that job to get that stuff. We work so hard to abstain, uh, obtain stuff that's not good enough to take where we're headed. Amen? But, so why do we think they are worth staying a part of us are clinging on to while we're here on this earth. Why do we think they're that important? Friend, you and I are going to pass away one day. And no, no matter how much you loved, all your memories and all of your stuff that people gave you, all the stuff you bought, none of it goes with you. Amen. Zippo. None of it. But see, the devil wants us to buy into these things are worth something. No, they're not. They're not worth nothing. If they were, God would say, hey, grab that Cadillac on your way to heaven. We need that up here. He don't need none of this down here in heaven. And one glimpse of heaven would set you free of thinking anything down here is nice. I mean, you look at everywhere, these big glamorous houses and they look so amazing when they take the tours of them. Man, they are trash cans compared to what you're going to see in heaven. And I don't mean that lightly. It's seriously, I'm telling you. There's no, matter of fact, this place is so bad and the stuff that's on this earth is not that good that Peter said that it's going to all be melted with fervent heat. Yeah. He's burning it all up. Amen. 
<laughs> and we're going to start from scratch. Why? Because it ain't that good. So I want to draw your attention today to things that are good, but more than that, I want to draw your attention to who owns everything. So today I want to talk about who is the owner. You will never be a good steward of your life, of your stuff, unless you know who the owner is. To live a life that is blessed, we must recognize the foundation of ownership. God owns everything in the world, but He appoints us as stewards to wisely manage it. We are not to confuse God's blessing with materialism. The blessed life is a life that blesses. When we follow God's principle of giving and are good stewards over what He gives us, the supernatural happens. Friend, I'm looking at a room and I'm looking at myself too in the mirror. I've not always stewarded the things God's given me the way I should. I've spent money that I shouldn't have spent. I went in debt when I shouldn't have went in debt. I did my own thing. And I'm paying a price for that. But I'm telling you, if you'll begin to steward the resource, and I, I really want to talk to the young people too, okay? Because guys, look, y'all are at the starting point. Y'all get to start fresh. And y'all get to be able to say one day, look, thank God. Because I was almost 21 years old before I got saved. So I wasn't able to go to the clubs legally. Amen? That never stops anybody. But it don't matter. I was not able. I got saved before my 24th birthday. And it seems like, man, as soon as I got saved, God brought me right over here to learning about tithes and offering. Just like that. Just like that. And from that day until this day, 30 years, I've been a tither and giver. Has it always been easy? No. It's been a struggle at times. I went through a divorce, had to pay child support, looked at checks, didn't have enough, but I continued to give the Lord the first of everything I got. And I'm going to tell you that today you're looking at a very, very rich man. Very. Can I put some more varies on it? Very. I'm telling you, I'm a very, very rich man. And it ain't just materials. It's I got a beautiful wife that's not dead, that is alive. You know how many bills we owe because of what she went through? Zero. God looks after those that put Him first in their life. So I'm going to tell you, young people and people in this room, I want you to tune in because I'm telling you, if you'll get this message like I did before my 21st birthday and you'll begin to do it, just like it's good to save money, young people, retirement, okay? <laughs> Start now, okay? You don't want to wait till you're 51, okay, like me, <laughs> and go, man, we ought to start saving some money, man. I'm, I'm getting old. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so that's why we're having a Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University class on Thursday nights. It's 6.30. You know how much it costs you to come? Nothing. You know how many excuses you need to make? None. You need to be here. <laughs> you don't need to live in debt. God's anointed this man and his team to help lead people out of that junk. And I want to get out of it, don't you? I don't want to live in bondage, amen? And y'all don't want to get in bondage, hallelujah. We don't want none of that, glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, it's kind of like this right here. I want to kind of give a little story about ownership and, and, and stewardship. And I want to use it in a, in a way to where you would understand it a little bit better. This building that you're in, we do not own this, we're renting it, Okay. And what do they call the person who owns the property? They call him a landlord, right? All right. He owns the land and he's lord over it. And we're just actually stewards of it. Well, for us to move into this property, we had to pay a first month's rent, a second, or last month's rent, and then we had to put down a $1,000 deposit. Okay? And depending on how we steward another man's stuff, 
depends on if we get that $1,000 back. Amen? And that's just a natural illustration. How we steward somebody else's things determines how blessed we're going to be. Because I can tell you right now, if we don't steward this right, we won't never ever get something else worth anything. Amen? And that's what I want to come to today, is who owns everything on this earth? Who owns it? Amen? But before I do, I'm going to ask you a question. You can go ahead and pull out your worksheets, or you can go on your the uh, website. Thank you. Wow. Hallelujah. But I want to ask this question. I want you to think about this as we move across this thing. Do the things you have belong to you or God? Do the things you have, do they belong to you or do they belong to God? Number one, it all belongs to God, guys. On your worksheet, it all belongs to God. Psalms 24.1 says this. It says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to who? Yeah. Belong to Him. The earth is the Lord's and how much in it? Everything, everything in it. Psalms 50, verses 10 through 12, it says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. That means the cattle and the thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountain and the wild beasts of the field, because they are whose? He's got more animals than you can dream of. I mean, he's got a boatload of animals. And he has some very good exotic ones too, amen? Like anacondas, cobras, you know, all the good stuff, you know? <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, I like this right here. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all its fullness. What is God saying? He ain't going to come ask us for nothing because He's got everything. Do you know that everything in this world is His? The chair, the car, everything was made from the materials on what? This earth. Everything. The money you have or the money you don't have. It was made... Out of paper. Where did that come from? The earth. Everything belongs to Him. Everything. And that frees you up. It's a lot easier spending somebody else's money than yours, right? A lot easier. Man, you give me some money and say, brother, just do whatever you want to with it. Hallelujah. Be free. I mean, you just have fun with it. But when it's your money, it's your stuff... You tend to cling on to it. Giving stuff away should not be grievous to us because it ain't yours. <laughs> and if we'll get this revelation, I'm telling you guys, if we'll get this revelation, it changes everything. It changes everything. We may have our name on the deed, on the paycheck, on the bank account, on the IRA or the 401k or the Social Security check, but... If you're a Christian, you need to know that it really all belongs to God. How we steward what He has given us will determine how much more we get on this earth as well as how much we get in the world to come. Everything belongs to God on the earth and everything belongs to God in heaven. When God tells us to give something to someone, we don't have to grieve over it because it never really belonged to us. It is wonderful to have nice things to enjoy knowing you don't own any of it we got to get this in our heart. There is freedom in stewarding God's resources. God blesses good stewards. He blesses those that steward His things well. 
You know, when you give, and everybody pretty much has got this, when you give and you come to church and you give to God and you give to the things of God, we know God blesses, right? Everybody's familiar with that. I mean, you know, if you give, it'll be given back to you. I want to tell you this. Just as the same God supernaturally blesses you when you give, He's the same God that supernaturally blesses you when you begin to steward your stuff. When you begin to start doing a budget, you begin to start knowing where your money's going instead of your money just going all over the place like a bunch of wild animals. That's not a good steward. Do y'all agree with me? I mean, our money runs around like a bunch of wild geese, man. (laughs) And we don't know where it's at. And that's not being a good steward. When we say, God, help me be a good steward, and you begin to start doing that, something supernatural happens. Amen? Hallelujah. Like Brandon said, we say hallelujah around here. Hallelujah. (laughs) Number two, now we we know that number one says it all belongs to God. Number two and number three are going to kind of work together a little bit. But number two is the first belongs to God. Exodus 13, 1 says this, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast. It is whose? It is mine. Exodus 23, 19 says, The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Hallelujah. You notice where he said, you shall bring. You shall bring. Because, see, he don't say you shall give. Because you don't give something that's not yours to begin with. The first belongs to who? God's. You can't walk up to God and say, hey, man, I just want to I I give you, you know, the first. He's like, what? It's mine anyway. It'd be like Valencia borrowing my car. She's had it for about two months. She comes back and says, Nathan, I was riding around the other day, and I feel like I want to bless you and Belinda. Here's the keys, here's the keys to the car. What? That's my car. How's she going to bless me with my car? Amen? It's the same thing with God. I want you to get this, guys, because there's two messages that the devil fights more than anything. That is the message of salvation in Jesus, and it's the message of giving tithes and offerings. Those are two messages that you can bring up, especially the money one. (laughs) And I'll go ahead and set the record straight, man. I don't want your money. (laughs) I don't want your money. This is not about getting your money. It's about getting your heart. Because God don't need nothing we give Him. But He needs access to you. So he can get you what you need. And the only way that's going to happen is if you do things the way he said do them. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house. Where? House of the Lord, your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Now that's interesting. Hallelujah. We don't have to do that anymore, okay? So you don't have to be concerned about that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now Genesis 4 and 3 and 5 is where it's getting ready to get a little sticky, guys. This is getting ready to get a little sticky. I'm going to go ahead and let you know that. The Bible says, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering. Everybody say, Cain brought an offering. Of the first, or of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn. Everybody say, brought of the firstborn. Of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Why was that? Let's back up to verse 3. 
and let's look at it. And in the process of time came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit ground. There's a word missing there, right? First. He didn't first of the fruit of the ground. Now let's go to the next one. Next verse. But Abel, he brought what? Firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. You know what that tells me right there? Let me you on something. God don't respect all offerings. He don't receive all offerings. So many people in church today, they just think they'll drop a dollar in, drop $5 in, drop $10 in, and they think the Lord is just excited about that. But you didn't bring your first. This is the very beginning of the whole Bible. And I'm going to tell you something. This is the law of first mention. If you know anything about Bible theology, when you see a law or first mention, it runs all the way through Scripture. It don't change. And Jesus never modified this in His Sermon on the Mount, which is what I call the Constitution of the Kingdom found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, where Jesus laid out the Constitution of the Kingdom. These are not my words. These are God's words. There's people in the body of Christ that show up every week and they just bring... A little bit. They're not bringing the first. Now, are you doing the church harm? No. You're doing you harm. You're being deceived. Who's behind that right there? The devil. What is the two messages that the devil hates? Salvation, money. How many of you know that people struggle with salvation and money their whole life as a Christian? They're tempted to what? Do sin. They're tempted to do wrong things. The devil will come at him and says, man, you don't have enough money this week. You need to withhold. Man, you don't have enough money this week. You need to withhold. You need to withhold. Is God ever going to come to you and say, hey, withhold the first? Never. Why? Because he wants to see how low you can go and how broke as a joke you can be? Uh-uh. He just knows this. If you hold on to what's his, what's about to happen, you ain't going to like but if you'll let that go, we'll find at the end of this message what can happen. Amen? I'm telling you, it's true, and it will set you free. Remember, you don't own none of it. When you die, you ain't taking none of it with you. So if you don't make it, and you gave your first to God, and you don't make it, you can stand before God and say, man, what's up? I gave my first and didn't make it. How many, how many people do you think actually that's happened to? That they gave their first and all of a sudden they dropped out and died and now they're standing before God. It didn't work. No. <laughs> it works every time. Every time. But you've got to get it in your spirit. Just like you being saved. You've got to be a non-compromising Christian. It ain't going to give in to temptation. You're not going to give up when it gets hard. You're not going to give up when the devil comes and knocks at your door and tells you, hey, you don't have to go to church this week. You don't have to go to as much hypocrites at church. You need to stay home. You can get a little church at home. Because, you know, we've heard for years this right here. Man, it's God first, my family second, and the church third. Whoop, whoop. Like you're going to get a standing ovation or something. Really? You serious? Let's back up a little bit. Ephesians tells us that Jesus is the bridegroom. What are we? We're considered the bride, right? 
the bride of Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm married to that woman right there. If somebody came to me, and I know Roger, I know he loves his woman, come on. But if somebody come to me and he said, Nathan, we kind of like you, bro. We thank you, number one. We'll put you in the number one slot. But you know that wife of yours? We're going to slide her down to like three or four. Uh-uh. You bumped your head, Jack. My Bible says you leave father and mother and you become what? So that only happens with natural people. That don't happen with Jesus. Y'all thinking, ain't you? That's good. There is no separation from God and the church, my friend. Zero. And if there is, you show me Bible on it. There's no separation. His church is His bride. There is no separation. You trying to put your family in the mix to Him and His bride? How would that work if somebody put their family between you and your bride? Come on, talk to me, somebody. Ain't going to be no good. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Hallelujah. His church matters to Him. He gave His life for this church. He gave His life for His bride. His bride matters. Amen? And it should matter to us. I mean, we should be getting ready to fall in our grave dead before we miss service. I mean, seriously, guys. Mm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So many people will say that tithing was under the law and we're not under the law. Have y'all heard that? Come on, man. If you're on YouTube, you can just pull that up and hear that all day long. We ain't under the law. And guess what? Good news. <laughs> that is true. We are not under the law as believers. But if you think that means you can murder, commit adultery, steal, or lie, and it not affect you, you are greatly deceived. And if you think that means you can take what belongs to God and it not affect you, you are greatly deceived. Most Christians don't even know what they're redeemed from. Most Christians do not understand what part of the law you've been redeemed from. You're not redeemed from all of the law. <laughs> Galatians makes that very clear. It gives you specifics of what you've been redeemed from. And I'm going to help some of you out. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law, spiritual poverty. That means we don't have to sacrifice lambs, goats, bulls, rams. We don't have to do that no more. We have the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus. We can be born again. So we've been, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law concerning spiritual poverty, spiritual dead. Number two, we've been, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law of sickness and disease. Because all that, Kurt brought that out in, 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 in the, uh, the communion. And we've been redeemed from the curse of the law of poverty and lack. But as you're going to see, you are not redeemed from the curse of keeping God's first. And a lot of people struggle in life and they don't know why. But let me break it down to you like this. If I found out that Leo was stealing from me, he's on the back row eating. I ain't seen him in a while. And by the way, can we all put our hands together that Dylan and Leo are alive and well? Amen. They were in a bad wreck. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. And I'm going to pray for you too before y'all leave today, okay? Because I'm going to believe God that you guys are going to get stronger and stronger. The devil's a liar. He tried to take out two men of God. He ain't going to do it. Amen? Amen? But let's just say Leo was stealing from Nathan. I mean, he's taking my money. And I found out about it. Been doing it for years. I mean, he's been taking my money. And then I go, and Leo comes to me and he says, Nathan, man, I need some help. Can you help me out? I'm in a bind, and I'm way behind. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, we know where everybody's at. Hallelujah. But let me ask you this. What's the chances of me going, oh, yeah. Man, I was waiting for you to ask. I'm excited about helping somebody who's been stealing from me. Now, in our natural mind, we know we would not do that. So why do we think we can approach a holy, just, righteous God... And he's just going to bypass his word and overlook it for you. No, I can tell you who's winning. The devil's over here going cha-ching, cha-ching. You ain't getting nothing, Jack. You're losing. Matter of fact, you've opened the door for me to get to you, and you're just thinking it's God. Ha, 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 ha. We are doing good. Hey, devils, demons, let's go. Get the band going. We got them. They're going. They're going backwards. They're singing a song. Their song is to defeat you. Friend, I'm giving you some good news whether you like it or not. And if you'll grab hold of it, it'll change your life. I'm not here to get on to you. I'm here to help you. But I'm telling you, God does not bypass His Word for anybody. He don't need to. Again, He's not wanting us to bring our first so we can do without. He's wanting us to bring our first so He can open up and give us more. All it is. Amen? I hope you see my heart in that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is true. Okay. So many people don't understand a timeline from when the law was written. So let's look at it. So here we go. I'm going to be the professor in school, Brandon. Hallelujah. And Brandon's going, oh my gosh. <laughs> He's about to get ugly around here. Okay, so I'm going to write out a little timeline. And y'all just stay with me. Can everybody see that? Cain and Abel. Can y'all see it over there? Cain and Abel. Okay. They lived 4,000 B.C. Everybody see that? All right. And I'm just doing this when people, you know, some names that you may know, okay? Everybody know Abraham? Okay. 2000 B.C. That's before Christ, if nobody knows A.D. and B.C., okay? All right. Everybody know Moses? Okay. What did Moses do? Does everybody know what Moses did? Well, he parted the water. You're right. But didn't he go to the mount? Then he got the law, right? God gave him the Ten Commandments and gave him the law. So Moses got the law, and he got that 1500 B.C., and just for a little timeline for everybody that knows, y'all know David, right? He was 1,000 B.C. Okay. Everybody see that? Y'all see that over there? Yeah. Students, do y'all see this over here? Y'all pay attention over here. Y'all taking notes. Hallelujah. Okay. So what we're going to do, this is just a little timeline, okay? Because here's the law right here. The law was established 1,500 years before Christ. So now what we're going to do is we're going to take David. We don't have something I can erase this with. A tissue, 
Titan. Can you give me a tissue back there, sir, please? I love Titan. Hallelujah. He's got to quit growing, though. He's getting too tall. Thank you, man. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to take away. Man. Please, sir. My God, just get over here. Stay here, brother, please. Yes. Brandon White. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Okay, it's going to get a little sloppy here, but I, just teaching purposes. Is this really how they do? Okay, all right, we got Moses here. Now, we're going we're gonna to do some math, okay? So this may be a little hard for some of y'all, so let's try to reach back. So if we take 1,500 from 4,000, what do we have? 2,500? Okay, so here we go. We're going to put this 2,500 B.C. So, what's that tell you? Does anybody understand? <laughs> Kurt's getting it back here. That means 2,500 years before the law was ever introduced, we had Cain and Abel doing what? Bringing first. Bringing an offering. Before it ever was established. <laughs> I mean, guys, do y'all see? Where did they get it from? How did they figure this out? Could it be that God shared that with Adam and Eve and then Adam and Eve taught, taught their kids? Amen. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 2,500 years before the law was written, God accepted a first offering but did not accept another offering because it was not the first. And then if you want to just go ahead and do this, one more napkin again. Hallelujah. You're doing good. You're doing good. Let's do this. Okay. And then we just do Abraham. I don't know if that's right or not. He was, what did I say? 2,000. We'll take them out right now. Okay. So Abraham was 2,000 B.C. So if we take 1,500 away from 2,000, what do we have? 500 B.C. Do you know the Bible talks about Abraham brought his tithes of all to the high priest Melchizedek? Who taught him? I mean, the law wasn't around. Who taught him? Let me tell you something, guys. The devil fights this. Why? Because God's got something he wants to get to you. And I'm going to tell you something. God, I mean, the devil will fight things that has blessings tied to us. It's not about the money because God told us to bring the first. He didn't tell us to bring it all. 10%? Really? I mean, come on. That's a deal. Hallelujah. Okay? Glory to God. Thank you, Brandon. Y'all give Brandon a hand. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can go ahead and put that up. But the key here is God does not accept all offerings. And if God does not accept all offerings, I'm going to be bold right here. I just, I feel being bold. Hallelujah. We don't accept all offerings. Now, I don't know if you give or not, okay? But if I was to be told by God that you didn't give your first, I would return it back to you. Why? Because I don't want you cursed. If you can't give your first, keep what you got. Hear me. And I'm not saying that to be arrogant. I'm saying that because I'm telling you, 
He did not accept Cain's offering. He didn't accept it. It made Cain so mad that he went and killed his brother. That's a problem with a lot of church people. They get so mad when they hear a preacher talk about money. Mo mad. And the ones that usually get mad are the ones that are not given. And if they are, they're not given the first. So go ahead and get mad at me. I can be the point of contact here, okay? But it's not my gospel, guys. I'm not your God. I'm just the delivery boy. <laughs> if I could use it like that. And friend, I get up every day like everybody in this room and I go work in elements of cold, heat. I work hard like everybody else in traffic two to three hours every single day. I work my tail off just like everybody in this room. But every week I get a paycheck. And let me tell you something. He's getting my first every week. I don't care if I have to eat sardines and potted meat. That's bad. I don't care. My God is getting my first. And I'm just asking you to consider it at least. And you may say, well, Nathan, man, my finances are so jacked up right now, I can't give 10%. Listen to me. You give what you can, but you adjust your heart and you say, Lord, help me get out of this hole where I can give you my first. He will honor that and he'll help you get out of there. He will help you. You've got a loving God, man. You've got a loving God that will take you where you're at and he'll put you somewhere you want to be. But you've got to give him something to work with, friend. You've got to commit to give him something to work with. And I don't care what age you are. We said, well, Nathan, I only make uh, $50 a week. Five of it's God's. Well, you know, I went to a birthday yesterday, man. They gave me $25. No, they didn't. $2.50 is my daddy's. I'm serious. I do that. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. And I'm saying you follow me as I follow Christ. If I'm in error, you prove I'm in error and we'll change it. But I'm telling you, if you'll take 2019 and you'll take what I'm saying to you and you'll go all in, you're not giving it to Revolution Church. You're giving the first to God. We're just a point of contact that comes in here and then we distribute it how God leads us. But the point is, it's your heart. It's your heart. That's what God's after, man. If He gets your heart, man, I'm telling you, He's going to get some great things to you. Hallelujah. Can everybody say amen if you uh, somewhat believe this? Hallelujah. Well, number one, we know all, everything belongs to God. Well, number two, we know the first belongs to God. And then number three, the tithe belongs to God. The word tithe in the Hebrew means tenth or ten percent. When you see it in Scripture, it means the first tenth. And back then, when, you, when your sheep had a lamb, you were to give the first to the Lord. Why? It takes faith to give the first. It don't take faith to give the tenth. That's why when you wait to where you're financially able to tithe, you'll never be financially able to tithe. You tithe when it's tight because it takes faith to do that. I'm telling you, friend, there was many times that I would get my check from my boss and I would look at it and I had zero. After I gave to God and I paid what I was supposed to pay, I had zero, literally. I'm just telling you. And I was tempted. <laughs> Come on, man. We, I'm, I'm human. I was tempted to withhold. But it ain't happening. It ain't happening. It ain't never going to happen. And I don't want it to happen for you. I'm a life that I promise you is blessed. And if you'll listen to me and we'll do this together, you just watch what happens. This church will be built with or without our money. 
because we're going to build it with his money. Because he's got money. He's got a lot of it. But he's got a lot that he wants to give to you too. Hallelujah. Leviticus 27.30, it says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is what? Holy. Holy. Holy to the Lord. And I want to close with this right here, guys, but I want you guys to listen really, really close because I felt like the Lord pointed some things out to me when I was actually doing this. And a lot of people have heard of Malachi chapter 3. That's where most of you preachers go when they're going to take up an offering, okay? Friend, I want you to, Dylan, you got my back, okay? I'm, hear my heart here, okay? I love you guys. I'm not saying this to try to get you to do something that's going to hurt you. Please understand that. Because some of y'all in this room, you used to tithe and give. But some of y'all have pulled back. And it breaks the Lord's heart. Because He's a daddy that loves y'all. And He has so much that He wants to give to you guys. But if you're going to do it your way, you're not going to have it His way. So I want it to sink in today. And again, I'm not saying it to tick anybody off. I'm saying it because many of you in this room know what I'm saying is true. <sighs> and many, many people in the Bible, and I'm getting ready to read some scripture of a group of people that have been doing that, not honoring God. Malachi 6, chapter, I mean Malachi 3, I ain't in Malachi 6. <laughs> Malachi 3, verse 6, and we're going to read through 18, and we're going to close. So the band, you guys can go ahead and come on, make your way up here. Hallelujah. But I want you just to come up here and don't play. Just, just get, in, get in position, and then I want you to listen. Yeah, let's get everybody in here. Hallelujah. Malachi 3. Father, I love you. I love you, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that we're going to be people that give you the first. Hallelujah. Malachi 3, verse 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. How often does the Lord change? Never, never. But remain faithful to my covenant with you. That is why you, O sons of Jacob, have not come to an end. Guys, before I finish this, a little backdrop, and you can read Malachi, the whole thing, but the whole thing, the whole three chapters, or maybe four, that whole book, God wrote through the prophet Malachi because those people, the priests in that day, you know what they were doing? They were bringing offerings. They was bringing uh, animals that had broke legs. It was just lame. They were just going out and grabbing whatever and they was bringing it to the temple. And God rebuked them and he said, look, why don't you take that to your governor and see if they would like that? So we're not going to read all that part. You can read that. This is just a tell into that. 
They were just treating the Lord as, okay, you, you're just so-and-so, we're just going to bring whatever. If you was in a kingdom and you had a king, a natural king, and he looked at his subjects and he said, look, I decree a law today that you are to bring me the first of everything that comes into your family. And that natural king was to find out that you didn't do it. How many of you know that natural king would reprimand you? He would. He would take care of that situation because you're violating a decree that he made. Guys, you are serving the king of kings. He honors his decrees and his ordinances just like any natural king would. But the great thing about him is if you repent and you turn, he will restore. He'll forget about everything. But you've got to be willing to do that. So let's go to verse 7. Yet from the days of your father you have turned away from my statues and my ordinances. He's telling them, you've turned away from these things, guys. And you have not kept them. He's saying, guys, just like some of you that haven't been doing it, return to me. And I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? He says, will a man rob God? Now this is all God talking now. Yet you are robbing me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? When God asks a question, we ought to give an answer, right? He tells us, in tithes and offerings you have withheld. You are what? Cursed with a curse. For you are robbing me, the whole nation. Bring all the tithes, the tenth, into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open... For you, the windows of heaven, and pour out for you so great a blessing until there is no room, more room for you to receive it. So if we bring our first, our tithe and offerings, what's God going to do? He's opening up a window of heaven. How many of you know there's a lot of windows you may want to shut in your house because it may be cold? That window you never won't shut. That ain't it. He, he keeps going. And he says, Then I will rebuke the devil or the devourer, insects and plague for your sake, and he will not destroy the fruits of your ground. He will not destroy your banking account, your job, your house, your car, your, your kids, your goods, your stuff. Nor will your vine in the field drop its grapes before harvest, says the Lord of hosts. All nations shall call you happy and blessed, for you shall be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. If if you bring your tithes and offerings. Your words have been harsh against me because they have been saying, oh, it don't matter, it's no big deal, it ain't no big deal. And he said, but you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it if we keep His ordinances and walk around like mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the arrogant, happy, and blessed. Evildoers are exalted and prosper. And when they test God, they escape punishment. He's talking about how we look at rich people and how we look at people outside the church and they're just, oh man, they're just doing so good. Look at them. They ain't tithing. They're not giving. They're not honoring God. But man, look at them. Let me tell you something. You may not get reprimanded the first week. You may go 20 years and never see nothing. You might get raises and promotions and think, man, I ain't gave to God in years. And look at me. I'm climbing the ladder. Woo, woo. I guess that don't apply to me. Oh yeah, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. And even if you did get through this life and prosper and gain the whole world but lose your soul, what has it profited you? What has it profited? 
Friends, serving God is more than just coming to church. It is a commitment to give Him everything you got. In which we've already found out that what we have is worth nothing. So He's taken our nothing and He's going to give us something. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, now this is the part that really just baffled me. Then those who feared the Lord with awe-filled reverence spoke to one another. These are the ones that got it, okay? And the Lord paid attention and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before Him of those who fear the Lord with an attitude of reverence and respect and who esteemed His name. They will be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On that day when I publicly recognize them and openly declare them to be my own possession, that is my very special treasure, and I will have compassion on them and spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him, then you will again distinguish between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve Him. He brings the book of remembrance in the same chapter that he talks about you're robbing me. The most important message that you'll get outside of salvation is what to do with your first. And I challenge you today with every ounce of energy in my life, give him your first and start today and never ever stop. If that means you've got to go home and you've got to look at the refrigerator, and call it full by faith in Jesus' name. You give God your first. And you watch the window of heaven opened over your life. The devourer will be... You want God on your side, my friend. You want Him standing in the way of Him getting to you. Come on, man. We all do. I'm going to end it with this right here. Just to give you a little story about it. Pastor Robert Morris, great pastor out of Gateway Church. He used to disciple people. People would come to him and he would disciple people. And the first thing he would do when people would come to him to disciple, he would teach them about tithing and giving. Okay? This one man came to him and he was a salesman. And he said, look, I want you to do this. I want you to tithe and I want you to give. I want you to take 10%, bring your first to the Lord. Well, the man took, took Robert at his word. So he came in the next Sunday and he said, look, I didn't really have a good week uh, but I made $640, so I'm going to bring this $64, and I'm going to give it to the Lord. And Pastor Robert said, praise God, man. That's good. Glory to God. He gave it. The very next week, the very next week, he got a phone call from the water company that he had his service by. And the water company said, hey, sir, just wanted to let you know that you have, we've been charging you too much for your water. We're going to send you a check for $640. Is that a coincidence? That may be the sum, but I'm telling you guys, you want your business blessed? You want your family blessed? You bring the first to God and you watch. You watch what happens. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be a little bold, okay? I've already been pretty crazy anyway, so we'll just go ahead and keep it going. But I'm going to tell you something. This man right here, Jared, okay? This man right here just went through a really, really tough time. Not really. I mean, heck, he, he did pretty good, really. <laughs> but let me tell you about this young man right here. 
This young man right here brings his first to the Lord every single week. Every single week. Every single week. I said it. Every week. Am I lying? Thank you. It's important. It's important. What's the chances of this man right here getting a kidney from a young man that had nothing wrong with him and he just gave his the best kidney that probably he could have ever got? He got it. There's people that are on waiting lists. Don't get that right there. Friend, I am telling you something. You want your life to change? Put this principle of the first in motion today. Don't let another day go by. I don't care who you are. I don't care what kind of money you got. I don't care what it is. Put God first. I'm with you, brother. And we got other people in here that are doing it too, and y'all can stand up. Now, that's not just singling him out. We have people in here. You guys are amazing. Hallelujah. And I don't know who he is or not, okay? Because I, you can't tell. Plus, I don't, I don't keep up with it anymore anyway. We have an accounting firm, all right, that does it. But I'm just telling you guys, God is looking for those that will do that. So everybody bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, I think this is so serious that we're going to sing a song. And it's not between me and you, and I'm not going to lay hands on you and, and pray for you, even though I am going to pray for, for Dylan and Leo. But I'm telling you guys, some of y'all need to have a heart change. Some of y'all need to come and you need to hold your hands up and you need to ask the Lord to forgive you and give you grace and help you be able to walk this out. Some of y'all, and some of y'all know who you are. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Because the Bible says if you be ashamed of Him on earth, He'll be ashamed of you when you get to heaven. Be bold. Let's make the adjustment today that we're going to do this. And it's not for Revolution Church's sake. I mean, man, there's a lot of people in here today. I could have waited until we had the biggest crowd and said, okay, well, oh, it looks good. We're going to have everybody here. I'll go ahead and have that message. No, it's not about that. The ones that are here, you were supposed to hear this today. And I'm going to say to you guys, let's lay it all down and let's come to the altar and let's sing this. I don't even care. You may be up here. There may be some up here that ain't giving and tithing. There may be some up here that are not giving their first. I don't care who you are. This is important. This is very important. Let's get it right today. Let's leave knowing that we are going to put God first. Because you never know when you might need a kidney, my friend. <laughs> you never know. So let's all stand. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. I give you praise and glory and honor. And as we sing this, this song, guys, I'm just going to ask you guys to obey God. Obey, obey the Spirit of God in you. I would love to have an opportunity to pray with you and agree with you and watch God turn things around for your life, but you first got to be honest. The first step to solving a problem is admitting you got one. <laughs> and then you watch God turn it around. He ain't against you. He's for you guys. I want Leo and Dylan to go ahead and come on up anyway. I'm going to pray for you guys while everybody else is adjusting their heart. Okay? Come on up here, man. Hallelujah. Everybody else, guys, I'm telling you, it's between you and God. Close your eyes as they sing this song. I want you to take the step. I want you to make it right. You say, well, Nathan, you know what? I could just do it right here. I mean, I don't need to come out and let everybody see. It ain't about people seeing, man. We're not going to judge you. 
Okay, it ain't, it ain't between me and you. And I don't know what you're coming up here for. You can be coming up here going, you know what, man, I need healing. I'm coming up here because I need Jesus. Whatever it is, I'm just saying make it right today. And if coming up here don't make you kneel where you're at, make it right today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I lay hands on Dylan and Leo right now in Jesus' name. And I pray, Father God, that your healing power would continue to work in them. Thank you, Lord, for sparing their life. Thank you, angels of God, for being all around them. Glory to God. Thank you for that, Father. But now we know, Father God, that their bodies need to be restored. And we're asking you that the healing, God, healing of God would spring forth quickly and mightily in them. That, Father God, these two would, would look at that accident and go, Wow, that could have turned for the bad. We could not be here today. But I thank you, Lord, that their eyes are open, the understanding is enlightened, that they know you have